When you are a high school student, getting into a good college often seems like the end goal. But college itself can be full of many challenges, as so many of our quest for scholars can relate. And certainly, no one expected that colleges would be hit so hard by this pandemic this year. Which is why support systems continue to be so important, and leaning on people whose specific roles to keep you on track for graduation. QuestBridge alum Carlos Rivas, a 2012 graduate from Claremont McKenna College, serves in one of these unique student affairs-related roles, helping students from Chicago charter schools stay in college and graduate. In this episode, Carlos shares with QuestBridge alum and Brown University graduate Matt Wood. How he first became acquainted with this notion of college retention, and how that unexpectedly influenced his career path. He also shares how, as a young professional who has worked exclusively in various education roles, he must balance career choices with his future goals and family priorities—a plight that can be common and difficult for QuestBridge alumni. We hope you've been enjoying our career stories about QuestBridge alumni so far. I'm Grace Sun, and this is the Quest Continues. Hello, hello, Questies! Welcome back to the Quest Bridge Podcast, where we're here to talk with amazing scholars and alumni about their career journeys and their career trajectories. Today, we have Carlos Rivas, who works in a very fascinating field,、um, and we're really excited today to have him. So, hi, Carlos. How's it going? Good. Hi, Matt. So before we start our session, we wanted to start with kind of a, a quick little softball.、Um, everyone knows that COVID is a very hard and intense time. So my question to you today is: Where is the first place you want to visit after COVID?、Um, I definitely want to go to Paris. It has been、uh, a long time since I've traveled、uh, outside <laughs> of、uh, the U.S., and I'm really excited to get back to Europe and especially Paris. I've, I've gone a few times, and I absolutely love it. Awesome, Patty. Great.、Um, and so we're going to start off understanding what is it that you do. So if you could give us a little background of what that you're doing right now, what do you like about it, and what do you not so much like about the current profession that you're in? Well, I'm in a pretty unique role. I、uh, it's somewhere in between student affairs and high school counseling.、Um, I work for a high school, but、uh, my primary role is to support our graduates、uh, while they're in college, and so. Uh, I work for the Noble Network here in、uh, Chicago at a particular high school. I get to work with our graduates on their college campuses across the Midwest、um, and around the country. But I have lots of close relationships with students who are here at our Illinois public schools. And so, education has been on your mind and on your kind of forefront. Can you tell us a little bit about how you got there, where you went to school, and what studied and made you interested in this career field? This field、uh, definitely was not something that I was planning to get into.、Um, I wasn't really quite sure in college what I wanted to do. I know that I wanted to complete college and get that bachelor's degree.、Um, you know, I knew that that was going to make a big difference in my life. So my, my primary focus in school was to you know find great opportunities and also to graduate on time. What really led me into this work, and and I didn't realize that this was going to lead me into this work、uh, until later on, but In 2008, when I went to Claremont McKenna College,、um, I was one of 12 Questbridge scholars. And、uh, sophomore year, only nine of us returned. And I think a lot about、uh, my classmates who didn't come back. And obviously, we we were close. We knew each other because you know we're all Questbridge scholars on campus. But you know, I think about those three students who didn't come back. And 
Um, that right there is a 75% retention rate. Um, and I didn't know that that was what we call retention in, in this work uh, until years later. But that sort of led me on the trajectory of working with uh, students. And so I've always worked in education. I've worked in elementary schools, um, now at a high school. I started as a Spanish teacher and, um, and I joined our college counseling team once I learned about the work that they do. Awesome. Love to hear that and that retention. A lot of us Quest scholars can really relate to the idea of trying to make it through. That was perseverance and survival was the first thing that we're trying to do now. Um, and that's so awesome that you're thinking about laying the hand back and making sure that more people have that opportunity. What were you doing after graduation? Did you go directly into that? Did you stay domestic? Did you go to abroad? Can you tell me a little bit about what you did before you joined this charter school? Yeah, so I um, have pretty much been in, in education myself uh, since uh, leaving uh, college, since graduating from college. And so mm -hmm. um, I've done two master's degrees. I'm currently in a PhD program. And um, actually, right after college, um, I uh, got a Fulbright. And so I went wow. to uh, Argentina. Thank you. And um, that was a really amazing experience. And uh, while in Argentina, I taught uh, at a university. Love that. Love that. So that international experience. What is this something for people who are also considering maybe a fellowship and how that aligns? What did you gain, garner, or possibly lose <laughs> from your experience in Fulbright? What is something that you think that is stuck with you today? I actually think that opportunities abroad are absolutely critical, uh, especially for Americans. Too few of us travel outside of the United States. You know, it just changes your whole perspective. And uh, for me, really, studying abroad in college absolutely changed my life. And I had been to Mexico to visit family, but having this experience of going to a country where I spoke the language, but not the dialect, you know, like mm -hmm. Argentina speak very differently, words are different. And so I had to learn a whole new culture. Um, and I also had to deal with questions about, you know, being an American and um, and how we're seen abroad and um, that, that whole uh, experience led to a huge paradigm shift for me uh, in terms of the way I thought about myself, my country, and, and what I want to do. And I know today that I want travel to be a part of my life, and I want others to have that opportunity. So one of the cool things that I do at school is actually travel uh, for our, our school. Um, so we'll have you know a few trips a year um, where we get to take students abroad, and that's an absolutely amazing and fulfilling experience. That's such a, such a gift to be able to broaden your horizons, have that question of identity and be able to bring that back with you as a stronger person, as a little bit more conscious. And I'm sure that's doing a lot for your ability to empathize or to to understand the range of students that you have there. Uh, so move forward a little bit. So we've talked about what you've done, what you're doing. What is it that you're thinking about moving forward into the future? That can be short term, long term. What's kind of your vision so far with where this career path is taking you? Yeah, I started this work um, and sort of, you know, by chance. I wasn't looking to change jobs. Um, you know, when I was a Spanish teacher, I always thought that I was going to be a Spanish teacher for at least four years. And then work on figuring out what my next step was going to be. But this opportunity came up on our college team pretty quickly. You know, I remember September, you know, one month into the school year and talking to my now manager, mm -hmm. about, you know, opportunities that could be available on her team, you know, next school year or later on down the line. And and by November, I had applied for a role and, um, you know, and was hired for that role for the following school year. And 
um, it was actually uh, very interesting that, uh, you know, I was doing Teach for America at the time. So I right. had asked for special permission to be able to switch into this role. Uh, and I was actually was still required to teach um, one class um, that second year to get into this role. Oh, really? Yeah. And so, you know, it sort of happened by chance. And I'm hoping that the next big thing will sort of happen by chance at what, as well. I'm someone who can think a lot about my future. I know what I want for my retirement. And I know that I want to be comfortable, that I want to live in Mexico. But I don't know yet, you know, how I get from 30 to 65 and, and what that's going to look like in my career trajectory. And um, that's a little scary for me. Um, and it's not that I haven't like put myself out there, but it is difficult to to make moves and to also know that those moves are going to be the right thing for your career and for where you're at in your life at that time. For sure. And that that constant decision making process, because everything's a lot easier in hindsight. Right. Um, and so understanding how we make these decisions, how we want to build build wealth, build security, and do that within ourselves as well as with our families. Our Quest scholars are coming from very complex, nuanced, and intricate backgrounds, right? And these are all things that are influencing our our day-to-day interactions as well as our career goals. Do you have any example of maybe a time where you were making a decision that was a little bit hard or you're trying to consider something about a family or responsibility, just something that something a, a Questie can understand or relate to? Yeah, definitely. Um, So the work that I do in student affairs, basically the only way to move up in student affairs is to be on a college campus first off and working on on a college campus, but also having the ability to move from campus to campus. You know, you have to be able to move, you know, to anywhere in the country where the next bigger, better opportunity is at. And that's not something that I can do in my life. My mom's a single parent and caring for her has been a big part of my life, especially since college graduation. And so I know that I can't leave the city of Chicago. Um, so that makes it difficult. But also with that is that, uh, you know, student affairs doesn't necessarily pay the best. Um, it's yeah. not a profession where you make the big bucks until maybe you're a vice president or a president of a college. Um Right. And so uh, that leads to more difficult decisions. And, you know, I had a really great opportunity presented to me this year, uh, right before um, the quarantine. Um, Mm -hmm. It was a position at a local university, a private Catholic local university, uh, which would have been a really awesome experience for me, uh, a really huge change in title and what I'm doing on a day to day basis. uh, But at the core was still helping students. It would have been a really great opportunity but pay-wise, I would have taken nearly a $15,000 pay cut. At this point in my life, you know, at 30 and a homeowner um, with, you know, financial responsibilities, it wasn't something that I could do. Um, and so I think about that often in, in terms of, yeah. you know, what am I going to do next? But I'm also really grateful that I'm at a place where, you know, I, I can be at my school many more years if I want to be. Um that is, that is so powerful, and I think that's such a great, vivid, and visceral example of a time where the balancing act is not going to always be so easy or so clear. Thank you so much for that, that prime, prime example. Moving forward to the kind of later end of this, this session, we're wondering what is the advice that you would think you would want to give to the students that are finishing up college or for the early career professionals that are deciding between jobs? What is something that you would want to bestow with them and this session? Um, so hindsight always, uh, I really should have 
invested more in my retirement from early on. You know, now I'm at a point where, you know, I have a certain percentage for my check going in every paycheck. But, you know, I could have started that at 22, right out of college, having my first job. Uh, Instead, I didn't start it until um, the age of 25. And so I regret those three years lost of salary that could have worked toward uh, saving for my retirement. And um, so definitely uh, save as much as you can as early as you can. Um, It's a lot of sacrifice to save, but also I needed to save money, you know, to buy a house and buy a car. And Mm -hmm. uh, so there's lots of uh, sacrifices you have to make along the way to get what you want the long term. Um, So I really wish I had saved better when I was younger. Completely agree. That is such sage advice. And I I know it's really hard for some younger professionals to think about that. Um, But what does it mean to to build, build wealth and security and the the luxuries or just um, the confidence to know that you're going to be okay? And those decisions do take sacrifice. And I think that's so important. Um, And then maybe just thinking about what feedback or input. So these are very big decisions. Who do you use to kind of soundboard off of? Who is in your circle um, or who has helped you get to this point? Yeah, definitely. I think that um, for us Quetzbridge scholars, uh, we've always needed someone to advocate for us, uh, to take care of us. And um, that's hard to find on certain college campuses. Um, And especially for me at, at CMC and They've done a lot of growth in the last few years in terms of the supports that they have for uh, students who don't necessarily fit uh, their usual mold. You know, they, they have a new care center and, and things like that. And so I'm proud of the work that they're doing now. But thinking back about my my um, experience at Claremont McKenna, very hard to be a person of color, to be gay, to not be from California. <laughs> I didn't really have... Um, a big circle to lean on on campus, but um, there was one person who I leaned on a lot, and her name is uh, Sandra. Uh, she was the secretary at our career services center. She really took care of me like a mom um, my four years at CMC, so much so that she took me uh, to get my wisdom teeth pulled out and, um, you know, kept me on check on how to, on raising that money. Uh, you know, as I'm sure so many Questbridge scholars know, you know, yeah. you're you sort of have to take care of yourself. And so, you know, here I was at, uh, at 18 needing to come up with $2,000 to have my wisdom teeth pulled. So Sandra is someone who has always been there for me. Um, she was a huge support, um, always pushing me to do better and bigger things. I had an internship one summer in New York, and I was so dead scared to move to New York. And Sandra's the one who really pushed me to, you know, how could you not take this opportunity? You've moved to Argentina. Why can't you move to New York City? Um, mm. So she was so big, such a huge support in my life. And and since college, I've you know stayed connected to her and can reach out to her. Um, and then someone else in my life that I have is someone that has really taken care of me since I was about ten years old. This uh, nonprofit executive director named Maggie, um, who I consider family now. She really has taken care of me since I was ten. Um, you know, we started uh, a summer camp when I was in high school for, for young children. And and uh, and she's really taught me how to be an upstander and how to be someone who cares for our community. And I think that's why I continue to do the work that I do, because I know that I'm ultimately affecting families. You know, I know that I'm helping students obtain their college degrees that I know will help make a positive multi-generational change in their lives.
The Quest Continues is a production of QuestBridge, a nonprofit organization that connects top students from low-income backgrounds with opportunities at outstanding colleges and universities. I would like to thank Matt Wood for conducting this interview and Carlos Rivas for sharing with us how he has navigated his career thus far in education. We can't wait to hear where it takes you next. If you would like to learn more about QuestBridge, please visit us at questbridge.org. If you are interested in contacting us about this podcast or to reach Carlos Rivas, please email us at alumni at questbridge.org. Thanks all, and we hope you join us next time for The Quest Continues.